With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into episode two of the Rocky Top Talk podcast. I am your host, Terry Lambert. Uh, joined as always by Evan Winter, and, and we are going to be breaking down the, the Vols' 19th straight win uh, tonight overall and get picking up another big win in SEC play over the South Carolina Gamecocks. Uh, Evan, I'll just toss it to you right off the bat. Uh, just give me some preliminary thoughts from tonight's game. Um, overall, man, I thought it was a really good game. Uh, Tennessee had some some trouble early, you know, about the first 10 minutes uh, with South Carolina. But that's really just because South Carolina was just nailing shots, especially from three-point range. And that continued throughout the entire game. But, uh, man, five – I think it was four or five other players had more points than Grant Williams. And the Vols still won by 12 points. So, you can't argue with that. Um, I really thought tonight – they were going to struggle a lot more. Uh, maybe not necessarily struggle, but have issues just because of the Kentucky game coming up. You know, we know this team is always focused. We know they're a veteran team, but we've really yet to see them with a big game on the horizon in conference play, you know, at this late in the season. So that just, it's always interesting to see how teams handle that stuff, you know. And uh, But overall, man, um, they did really well. Another efficient night from the line, you know, or from the floor overall, rather, I should say. I think 49.3% overall. And actually, they went over their season uh, average and hit 45% from three. At one point, they were like six of nine. I think they even started off six and six of seven from three-point range, if I remember correctly. So, they did it, man, and uh, swept the second straight SEC opponent. So, I'm all smiles tonight. Yeah, it's it was an interesting spot, and it was a spot where you saw Kentucky fall uh, on Tuesday night to, to LSU, and LSU is a really good team. Uh, oh, yeah. But you know, looking ahead to, to such a big game, uh, it was something that that I was definitely concerned about. South Carolina's no slouch, you know. They, no, not right. They were uh, they were you know pedestrian in, in non conference stuff. SEC play starts, and all of a sudden they're seven and three, sitting fourth or fifth in the league. Uh, so this is a good team. Uh, a good team that hit a lot of shots tonight, you know, 13 of, of 24. I think that was their final mark from the three-point range. Uh, still, we're, we're, we're just never in the ballgame. Uh, I'm not sure it ever got past, the, the lead ever got past 12 points. Uh, so Tennessee just kind of put it on cruise control late. Uh, like you said, it was a slow start. Grant Williams never really got involved offensively tonight. That was kind of strange to me. Uh, took just eight shots. Uh, you know, didn't didn't even attempt a free throw. Uh, scored eight points, had nine rebounds, seven assists though. Um, so you know, you kind of talk about the offense. Offense still runs through him quite a bit, uh, but he's so good at at, at making the right play uh, and, and finding Bowden, and finding Turner, uh, finding Schofield for these open threes. Uh, so like Rick said after the game, Tennessee's offense starts from the inside and works its way out, and that proved true tonight. 
Yeah, for sure. And like you said, man, Jordan Bone right now is just playing out of his mind. Um, and you just have to love what this team's doing. You know, they average 19.9 assists coming into the night, second in the nation, which, you know, might as well just go ahead and give them 20. Um, I'm trying to find the stats right now. Yeah, they finished with 22 assists tonight. So just beautiful ball distribution, <clears throat> excuse me, um, playing their game, doing their thing, and, and winning games. There was a stretch uh, in the first half. I, I think it was the 15-minute mark. There was about five minutes to go uh, in that first half where Jordan Bone just, just took over the game, and, and not by scoring a, a bunch of buckets, but uh, he just got the ball and his eyes were up. You know, He, he was looking to push uh, the ball down the court. He made a, a couple of full-court pra- passes, uh, really burned South Carolina, who uh, was just a little tired there. Uh, so that's just a, another dynamic, um, another part that, that you have to wor- be worried about with this team. Jordan Bone doesn't take a playoff. Uh, he's not going to let you catch his, catch your breath. Uh, so really the revolution of Jordan Bone is where I think this team is different uh, this year in regards to last year's team. Uh, it, it's just it, that's why I have a lot of confidence going into Rupp Arena, which we're going to talk about a, a little later on the show. His confidence just seems to to really push the, this team to that next level. He, he's making all the right decisions out there. He's in total control. You know, he he seems to drive into the paint, make the right pass. If the pass isn't there, he pulls up for that mid range shot. So I, I think Jordan Bones is is, is really the the key to this team. You know, and it's kind of crazy to say that because I, I definitely wouldn't have said it last year. Uh, but he might be the most important player on this team. Well, certainly, yeah. I mean, he's the most important player, especially when it comes to elevating this team's ceiling. You know, I mean, we were we were talking about a little bit in the in the Rocky Top uh, Talk Rocky Top Talk Slack chat uh, that we have going on, and you know, Tennessee didn't have this guard play last year. You know, they finished what twenty nine and six overall, um, and they still almost won thirty games. So now that they have this type of guard play, I mean, the, the sky is the limit for this team. And to go back with that run you were mentioning uh, when Bone, is funny too because during this run, Bone hit this sick layup. And even the commentators mentioned about it on the game, but he just had this just look on his face, just like, oh, here we go. But, uh, yeah, Tennessee went on a 20 – they were down 15-12 to 12 at one point, uh, went on a 29-8 to 8 run and led 41-23 to 23 with four and a half minutes left. And, yeah, you're right. Uh, Bone keyed a lot of that a lot of that stuff. Uh, it was a really fun run. And, and, you know, before all that happened, Jalen Johnson uh, hit a three-point yeah, shot. The four-point play. That uh, was had bad. the four-point play. So it was good to see him uh, kind of involved in the rotation. A guy that we haven't seen a lot, uh, a lot of, a guy that Rick Barnes seemed to like last year, uh, but for whatever reason hasn't cracked the rotation. Uh, Eve Ponds that came back into the lineups uh, with that that face mask on uh, only played three minutes as they kind of eased him back into things. Um, that's a guy that that you know you don't really know what to make of right now. Um, he had been struggling offensively all year, but gives you uh, gives you some defense, gives you some some big time athleticism. Uh, so I'll, I'll be interested to see how they utilize him uh, in the rotation going forward. Right, for sure. And, I mean, as the season wears on, you know, their depth is going to become more and more crucial. Um, you know, we've seen Jordan Bowden get nicked up. We've obviously seen, uh, we've obviously seen Eve Spawns get nicked up. You know, last thing we need to do is 
lose Admiral or Grant or somebody like that for a couple games or in the SEC tournament. You know, I mean, as the, as the season wears on, the depth becomes more and more important. So it will be interesting to see how uh, Rick uses that depth as the season wears on. Hey, yeah, speaking of depth, I, I mean, Jordan Bone uh, almost. <laughs> that, that, oh, was that was a scary play. kind of landed awkwardly on his arm and, and, you know, it was holding it for two or three minutes there. But good to see him pop up and clearly he wasn't hurting uh, at, at all. Right. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I got to talk about John Fulkerson because uh, that's a guy that I, I give a lot of crap. You know, I, I, he, he's uh, he's a bit of a roller coaster ride. You know, I'll praise him tonight, and then he'll go do something dumb against Kentucky. But he's so up and down, man. He's so up and down. He was so good tonight. I, I mean, was, just defensively, his energy, uh, his, his block shot, he threw one into the student section. Uh, <laughs> he caught an alley-oop. Uh, you know, early in the game, he had a great pass. So uh, if Tennessee is getting quality minutes from John Fulkerson when guys like Grant Williams are on the bench, uh, you know, Kyle Alexander is on the bench, as we've seen, has been struggling with foul trouble. Uh, that's huge for Tennessee because they really haven't been getting anything out of Fulkerson or Derek Walker. No, and that's what I was about to say, too. It was exciting to see him do that because Derek Walker, as much as I like what he's doing, I mean, you know, you can't can't expect the world of him. You know, I mean, he's talented and all that stuff, but he's obviously on down the line when it comes to the pecking order. Um, he's kind of disappointed me a little bit this year uh, just with how he hasn't really carved out a role like I was expecting him to on the team. But regardless, <clears throat> yeah, man, it was great to see Fulkerson um, out there making plays. And, man, if he can even bring – 75% of that in the Rupp Arena on Saturday, then Tennessee will be in great shape. Yeah, and then I'll wrap it up here with, with Admiral Schofield and, and Jordan Bowden, two guys that, quite honestly, you, you kind of take for granted. They're just going to get theirs on a nightly basis. I'm uh, loving what Jordan Bowden is doing right now. Oh, Bowden's been spectacular. You know, you, we talk about Bone a lot, but Bowden kind of in a, in a similar uh, the, the process there. He found his confidence in the middle of the season. Uh, yeah. Goes 6 of 13 tonight, 4 of 6 from three-point range. You know, the biggest difference for him is simply confidence. He's just catching the ball, firing away, uh, and most of them drop. You know, I remember Rick talking last year, uh, we just got to get him to shoot the ball, you know. Uh, so he's, he's definitely firing away. Uh, and he's not just a shooter. He's proven to be... Uh, capable of, of driving. He's great in, in transition, a great finisher at the rim, as, as we've seen. Uh, and then, obviously, Schofield has, has found his stroke, two for four from three-point range, uh, hovering right at that at that 50% mark from the field against. So that's great to see, especially heading into Kentucky. Yeah, man, 21 points. Let's get the Admiral going. Let's have PB&J rolling, baby, and let's do this thing. Yeah, so Tennessee is rolling at, at a good time. Uh, because the SEC schedule really starts to ramp up here. So uh, when we come back, we'll get into Kentucky. All right, welcome back to the Rocky Top Talk podcast. Uh, Just getting into this Tennessee-Kentucky matchup. Uh, It's coming up. College game day is going to be at Rupp on Saturday. It's It's a primetime game. Number one versus number five for now. Kentucky already dropped one to LSU this week. Uh, you're probably going to get a, a pissed-off Kentucky team. Uh, Evan, what are you, your early thoughts here? 
four words bring on the cats <laughs> i'm so ready for this man um i think it's going to be an absolute dogfight. uh both teams have excellent post play both teams play good enough defense to where they can make it uh you know change up your scheme or whatever you're trying to do excuse me by the way i'm sniffling a little bit tonight i got a rain nose thanks to the wonderful tennessee weather but um i mean just, it's going to be so interesting to see how these two teams match up. I mean, you're most likely going to have P.J. Washington on Grant. Um, you're going to have Ashton Hagens, who is their, uh, the team's point guard. Not really much of an offensive threat, but he's great on defense. It's going to be awesome to watch him and Jordan Bone go at it. Um, and then, uh, you know, Lamonte or Jordan Bowden, whoever else they match up. And then um, you're probably going to have Reed Travis on Admiral Schofield. So, I mean, man, there's just matchups galore. Both teams are great. Like you said, there's going to be a pissed-off crowd, and the players are going to be pissed off too. Um, our own Connor Knapp's actually going to be there, he said. So, I hope he's wearing the orange one. We might even catch a glimpse of him on TV. I hope he survives. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a showdown, dude. I can't wait. Yeah, it's an interesting matchup because of PJ Washington uh, and Reed Travis, both six eight, both every bit of you know two twenty five. Yeah, uh, that's some serious bolt down low. Uh, it's like know, Bizarro Grant William and Bizarro Admiral or something. Yeah, we, you know we talked about this offense playing inside first. Uh, it's going to be tough down there, uh, and so I'll be interested to see if they can get Grant established. I want to see if Cali Perry is going to take away Grant and, and try and double him. You know, he, he seems to be – he might even be more dangerous if you do something like that because uh, he, he just seems to make all the right plays. But um, Ken Palm has Tennessee at five, uh, Kentucky at seven. Uh, the big difference here, Tennessee is the 40th best defensive team. Kentucky is ninth. So uh, it, it's an interesting conversation because, once again – Tennessee gave up a ton of threes tonight to South Carolina. Yep. Uh, Kentucky is not exactly the, the greatest shooting team. They have a couple of guys that can knock some shots down, sure. Um, but will Kentucky be able to take advantage of Tennessee's obvious weakness? Uh, you know, Rick talked about it tonight. He was saying that Tennessee wasn't aggressive enough in transition defense. You know, you, you kind of saw that. You know, some guys lagging back and not not really attacking the three point line to get out there. So uh, I, I think that's a big key there. Can guys like Tyler Hero, uh, Keldon Johnson, can can they knock down enough threes to keep pace with this Tennessee offense? Yeah, you know, I mean, there's going to be a lot to watch for. And going back to your point about it's going to be hard for Tennessee to do their usual thing in the paint. Yeah, Kentucky's 39th in the country. They only allow 40.6% um, shooting from the floor. So, But they do – they are 262nd in three-point uh, percentage with 35.7. So there is some chance that, you know, Tennessee could get some kickouts and all that good stuff, but you never want to rely on the three. You know, you like they always say, you live and die by the three. Um one one matchup I'm really interested in is who's going to be on uh, Kyle Alexander. You either got EJ Montgomery or Nick Richards. Both are you know six ten. Um, Nick Richards leads the team in one, with one point four blocks per game. So to me, that's also pretty key too because if they could somehow get Alexander set up, and I know he's not he's athletic, but he's not the most physical guy you know down low. Um, you know that could be some kind of key to success that uh, the Volunteers could rely upon. Yeah, Kentucky just has length. Uh, that's that's their advantage. Uh, they're they're long at, at every position, probably longer than Tennessee is um, at every position. Kelton Johnson six six, Hero six five. Uh, Tennessee's guards, you know, I think Bowden's six six four. 
Right. Uh, so, so they're giving up some size there. Uh, you just wonder if, if Tennessee's going to be able to to do what they normally do. Now, it, like like I said, what gives me confidence is Jordan Bone. I, I just think this guy had the light has come on. He seems to get better every single game, uh, whether the numbers are there or not. He just sets Tennessee up. He sets the table, uh, and, and you know he might not have the the huge assist numbers uh, like we like like he probably should have, but uh, that's because the guy that he's getting the ball to is is you know making the next pass, and Tennessee's getting easy baskets. So Tennessee plays like such a team. Uh, that's what gives me confidence heading into this matchup. Yeah, and you're gonna have to beat them in all three phases of the game. I mean that was obvious tonight. South Carolina uh, coming into the game. They were, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they were 208th in the country in three-point percentage. They made 33.8. They shot 60%, uh, 14-23 tonight from three-point, but they still lost by 12 points. Um, that's because they didn't have any points in the paint. Uh, <clears throat> Tennessee dominated them in the free-throw line. They hit all eight of theirs, and uh, South Carolina only hit seven of 12. So, I mean, like I said, you got to beat them in all phases of the game. And one thing – you know, Tennessee has a tendency to uh, get a little bit lackadaisical on defense. Maybe apathetic might be a little bit more of an extreme word, but it's still in the same same type of context. Um, I, I don't think there's going to be any lethargy or apathy or anything like that going on Saturday. These guys are going to be ready to go. And uh, honestly, I think they're, they've been ready to go since the last game um, against Florida. So I think they're just – I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. You think they're tired of hearing about Duke yet? Because I'm kind of getting there. Uh, it seems like every time you turn on ESPN, you know, it's Zion this, Zion that. Uh, I, I just think ESPN is begging for, for Tennessee to lose so they can put that one back by Duke's name. Um, and, you know, Tennessee has a chance to go up to Kentucky, uh, make a statement. Uh, you know, Kentucky's that would not be such a huge statement if it, they got up there and won. And, and Kentucky's not the best team in the country, but it's the first real big game they've had since December. Right, uh, and, exactly. And that's not their fault. The SEC is kind of just mediocre this year. Yeah. Uh, but they they've really got a chance to to silence a, a ton of people around the college basketball landscape that think that Tennessee hadn't played anybody. Right, and I know they're tired of hearing about Duke today. I mean, man, I was on the road working last night, and I was listening to that game on the radio. That was some crazy stuff. I wish I could have seen, like, everybody keeps talking about how scared Louisville looked. And I've seen a couple pictures, especially the one on Twitter, where Zion was, like, denting the ball. It looked like he was taking the kid's lunch away from him or something <laughs> like that. But I, I wish I could have seen it in person, man. I bet it was I bet it was something else. Yeah, I mean, what Duke did last night was, was special, but – what Louisville did was every bit it's especially bad, you know. Right. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not taking anything away from Duke. It's just interesting from a Tennessee's perspective to hear all the hype around them, and, and you know that they're leading off Sports Center every night, and here's Tennessee just just continuing to win by 15 points every night. So uh, it's interesting, uh, but you know they've got a chance here to to silence some people. They've, they've got a, this game against Kentucky. They've got LSU coming up. Uh, Auburn, that, Mississippi that State. Game, that game scares me more than any of them, honestly. Uh, honestly. Yeah, LSU's for real. They, they're a talented group. That's a weird game at 11 o'clock tip-off and all that. Yeah, we talked about that last time. Yeah, so a, a ton of games down the stretch. I don't I don't think Tennessee will, will finish unblemished here. Uh, 
Um, no, I don't either. But this this SEC race is going to come down to it. You know, you look at it, Tennessee's still undefeated, obviously. LSU is 10-1 and one now. Um, That's yeah, crazy it, to think about. And just kind of flying under the radar. Nobody's really talking about them. Not at all. Uh, you know, maybe they'll start now after that Kentucky win. But obviously it's a huge game in the SEC. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we'll we'll hop on at some point over the weekend and have a fresh podcast out for that. Um, but now we're going to shift gears real quick and, and talk a little bit of football news. All right, Tennessee made a huge hire last weekend's first uh, first chance we've had to talk about it. Uh, hiring Derek Ansley uh, away from the Oakland Raiders. Uh, let Terry Fair go in the process. You know that's a that's a VFL. It's kind of a kind of a crappy deal, could to be honest uh, about Terry Fair. But it's a guy that that Pruitt has worked with. It's a guy that Pruitt knows. Um, a, a, another rock star recruiter, a guy with plenty of SEC ties, working with him at Alabama. Uh, I, I think it's a big time hire. I think it says a lot about the commitment uh, that Philip Fulmer and this university is putting back into the football program. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, I mean, pretty much copy and paste. You know everything you just said. Uh, the only thing I'll add, the only thing I'll throw in, and this is just me always you know, being worrisome and overthinking things. Um, you know, there's a lot of familiarity right now in the coaching staff's room. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, you know, that's great and all, but every now and then it is good to have a fresh voice, somebody who looks at something different, who might catch something then, you know, that uh, that everybody else is looking at because they all kind of think the same. And while it is a good move and I do like it, you know, I do wish maybe Pruitt would throw in a guy or two that, you know, like I said, who could maybe give him a fresh opinion that, that he could end up using at some point down the road. Yeah, it is interesting. The guys that he hadn't worked with um, haven't exactly stuck around very right. long on the staff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, everybody saw that one coming. But, you know, right, I, right. I, I think it's important to look big picture here. Um, you know, you think back to Butch Jones and, and hiring Mike DeBoard. That was just such a, a, a lame hire, <laughs> you know, yeah, for lack of a right. better word. Uh, you, you just kind of kind of knew that one wasn't going to uh, work out. Uh, but I think you're seeing a, a renewed uh, interest in, in this, this university. They're willing to do whatever it takes to get back to the top. They're giving Jeremy Pruitt whatever he wants. They're committing financially. You know, they, they paid Jim Chaney a ton of money. They paid Ansley, Ansley seven figures, didn't they? Yeah, I'm sure. I haven't seen the number, but I'm sure he wasn't cheap. I'm sure he's a lot more than Terry Fair was. But uh, good to see from a fan perspective because, you know, quite honestly, through the Dewey years, through the Butch years, uh, that commitment wasn't there from the administration. So um, awesome to see. Uh, moving on to the next thing, we've got Barry Odom. Uh, that's really upset with, with Jeremy <laughs> Pruitt in Tennessee. Um, yeah, yeah. So apparently at a luncheon uh, for some Missouri event, he took a couple shots at Tennessee. Uh, the quote is, Every, everyone's going to have a bad day. Uh, you combine that with somebody that who we beat 51-17 to 17 this year, Tennessee. Yeah, those guys. They are nonstop reaching out daily saying, here we come. The grass is not green, always greener somewhere else. So Missouri's in, in some hot water uh, with the NCAA, and uh, apparently their seniors can can transfer without penalty and, and play immediately. 
So naturally, when that word gets out, man, it's a feeding frenzy, uh, especially for right. a guy like Jeremy Pruitt, who has clear needs on his roster, who can exactly. uh, take a couple of these guys and plug them in right away. Uh, so I, I understand Odom's frustration, but at the same time, Odom has to understand that this is the SEC, and, and you know this is a feeding frenzy. It's what's going to happen. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, Odom, we've seen him get frustrated before. I mean, he got frustrated last year during, you know, right before they turned out, turned around their season and had that big winning streak. Uh, not last season, the season before 2017. Um, and like you said, man, this stuff, when this stuff happens, this is a really peculiar or unique case, rather, I should say. You know, not all the time do players, are they allowed to instantly transfer like this? But you got to understand the situation you're in. And it's not just Tennessee calling these players or whoever they're calling at Missouri, you know, I mean, all kinds of different schools are looking for these players and all types of these schools or all different kinds of schools are going to go after these players if they can. So he needs to chill out, man. I mean, you know, outside of the 51 17 thing, you know, I don't even know what he's talking about there. That, that I don't even know what we beat Missouri in basketball, like <laughs> by like 15. That's, that's the, the only revenge thing. Tour. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the only Missouri Tennessee score I care about these days. But, um, I mean, it's it's all dumb, dude. I mean, and honestly, I don't know why. I don't know why he got uh, upset. This upset about it. Yeah, and they apparently they had a luncheon today uh, with, with the SEC coaches. So I, I'm sure that was nice and awkward. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Pruitt doesn't care. Uh, he doesn't care what anybody thinks of him. So he's he's just no. trying to improve his roster. So uh, just just a funny little comment there. Um, with, with all the things happening at Missouri. Yeah. All right, so that will that will do it for tonight. Uh, as always, go find all of our work on RockyTopTalk.com. Um, at, he's Evan Winter. Evan is the guy making dirty jokes in the headlines. Uh, <laughs> give him a, give him a follow at Evan underscore Winter on Twitter. You can follow me at T Lambert RTT. Uh, follow the main account at Rocky Top Talk to keep up with all of our latest work. So until next time, thanks for joining us.